This is Sam Sports Podcast. Uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about the new head coaches in the NFL. Ben McAdoo, new head coach of the New York Giants. This man comes from a Mike McCarthy coaching tree. If you look through his past before he joined the New York Giants, he was with the Green Bay Packers for quite some time. He was the quarterback's coach for a couple of years, so he was working very closely with Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Before that, he was the tight ends coach. He was on their staff when they won the Super Bowl in 2010. Uh, Before that, he was with the San Francisco 49ers alongside Mike McCarthy. So he's been working very closely with Mike McCarthy for much of his NFL coaching career. Um, uh, But the last two years, he was uh, working with Eli Manning in New York. uh, And that that came out to two... Six and ten seasons for the Giants, and now Eli Manning's offensive play was good. It was much more consistent this season and last season uh, than it has been in years past. Eli has has been known to be turnover happy. Uh, however, that being said, I don't know if those offensive, you know, seasons by Eli Manning are enough to kind of give you that vote of confidence for Ben McAdoo. So I, but I don't want to knock Ben McAdoo. You know, so everybody's got to be a rookie head coach sooner or later. Everybody's got to get that shot, and they're giving him that shot. Something else to be said for the New York Giants is they're a team that likes to promote from within. They are a culture. They're, they're a football. They're not like the Browns. They don't want to clean house every two years. They want to really build something. They have built something. They're a storied franchise with – uh, a long history of winning and, and greats and Hall of Famers. And so, you know, they move. It's it's tough to find a new guy to come in and, and take the reins. I don't know if they needed a bold new uh, hire like a Chip Kelly for the Eagles a few years ago. They weren't trying to make waves. I think they're trying to keep a little bit of what they already have going, going. So they take the current guy that they have in Ben McAdoo. They, he's a great, you know, candidate for head coach, and they promote him. Now, the thing that gives me pause is that no one else on the coaching staff really changed. Steve Spagnuolo's defense, which was there for the Super Bowl in, I think, 07 before he was named the head coach of the Rams and drove them into the ground, uh, Steve Spagnuolo's defense was not very good this year. Um, and uh, the reports that are coming out of the camp is that they're not really changing many of the coaching, uh, any of the coaching personnel for the most part, and that Ben McAdoo is kind of keeping everybody. And so uh, it, it, I've read several articles which then say, well, it's almost as if you're saying Tom Coughlin was the, was the problem, and now that we've gotten rid of him, things will turn around. So I'm not sure if that's really the case. Um, this could be a really you know, tough year for Ben McAdoo as first-year head coach, as it is for uh, many head coaches. Um, but he's going to have Eli Manning in his corner. It's a heck of a quarterback to have in your corner on your first season and uh, better than I think most head coaches get for their first season. Uh, But it puts them in a good spot. Uh, I think there will be some growing pains, though, because coaches aside, there's personnel issues that are going on all over that Giants team, and they're going to have to uh, build something up. But I think there was a sense that it was time to move on from Coughlin, and they're going to give Ben McAdoo keys to the car, give him a shot, see what he can do. Uh, So... That's what, uh, the scoop with him. Let's go to another coaching hire. It's a couple more who are pretty exciting, which is Adam Gase. Adam Gase taking over as head coach of the Miami Dolphins. He's a very exciting hire. I think last year as well, he was also a possible head coaching candidate. He's done great offensive things. Specifically, he came to prominence being the offensive coordinator for Peyton Manning and the Denver Broncos over uh, not, this, not this season, 
But the last couple of seasons when Peyton Manning was playing very well, when he broke the record, Adam Gase was the offensive coordinator. There was a real feeling that his feel for the game, his offensive approaches were working with Peyton Manning, working with great offenses. Of course, you have Peyton Manning throwing the ball, but the offense is still producing all of these things. It's not a one-person game. This is a team game. And Adam Gase's offense has really shined there. Now, uh, to also give us a sense of where he comes from, uh, longtime quarterbacks coach, wide receivers coach, always an o- offensive mind for the most part, uh, really came up in the, with the Detroit Lions, uh, was with the Detroit Lions for quite some time, and then really started to move around uh, before he found his footing. Um, was with San Francisco for a year, and then he found his footing with Denver uh, until he spent uh, just this, uh, this past year, he spent one year with the Chicago Bears because he came over to Chicago with John, when John Fox was deposed, fired, released, however you want to say it, uh, as being the head coach of the Broncos last year, uh, Adam Gase left with John Fox and went to Chicago. So Adam Gase has had this one season uh, with the Chicago Bears, and they, he did well with Jay Cutler, and I think they're hoping Miami can have him come in and do well with Ryan Tannehill, whose offensive production has been promising, exciting, and good, but inconsistent. And I think there was a feeling that he regressed this past season. So bringing in this offensive mind, um, I think there's a rejuvenated feeling in Miami. They've spent all this money on Indomitian Sue in the defense. Now, hopefully, this coach can 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 follow up and, and do the things that Joe Philbin was not able to do in Miami. Um, Let's jump over right now to Dirk Cutter, new head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Dirk Cutter has also been an offensive coordinator for some time who has delivered great success for the teams he has worked for and has been, once again, like Adam Gase, touted as this exciting uh, new candidate to be a head coach in the NFL. This guy, It's like, when is he going to be offered that job? And so he'd done great work. Um, came to prominence with the Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, David Garrard and, and Maurice Jones-Drew. Uh, Maurice Jones-Drew running all over the entire NFL. Uh, that was under the tutelage of Dirk Cutter's offense, if you will. Uh, so he did spend quite a bit of time there. They did have a, you know, a couple of good years, but a fair amount of difficult, awful 5-11 and 11 seasons with David Garrard and a few other uh, qu- quarterbacks, I believe, uh, Dirk Cutter was also there for Blaine Gabbert's first season. But, you know, great uh, offensive um, offensive coordination by this man. Then he went to the Atlanta Falcons, and he was really part of that 13-3 and blow-out-of-your-mind Tony Gonzalez Atlanta Falcons team that nearly went to the Super Bowl. So has been known to come to a new organization and is clearly – known and recognized as an offensive mind who's going to be doing good things for you. And we saw him do pretty good things for uh, Jameis Winston this season on Tampa Bay. And I did read recently in a few articles, I I don't want to say that I I found it out myself, I had to read it in some of these articles, uh, that there was a feeling that maybe Dirk Cutter was going to be hired away from Tampa Bay by another team with a head coaching job, and that maybe some of the reason why... They fired Lovey Smith and gave Dirk Cutter the job was a sense that they wanted to promote him and keep him, and they thought it was just wiser to get rid of Lovey right now and give Dirk the job right now rather than losing Dirk. Uh, so Dirk Cutter takes over. It, once again, another offensive mind, a guy who uh, they feel confident about is going to um, be a good leader and coach for Jameis Winston as hopefully we saw some good play this season. Hopefully he can blossom 
into a franchise quarterback, which they're hoping he can be. Uh, and they're going to give Dirk Cutter the opportunity to, uh, to lead him there. Um, another coach I want to jump to now, which is not as much, uh, which is still an offensive coach, but I think a little bit more of a hard-nosed running game type of offensive coach as opposed to uh, Adam Gase or a Dirk Cutter who are offensive minds who like to air out the ball, who are good for quarterbacks passing the ball. Uh, Hugh Jackson. Hugh Jackson, longtime NFL coach who's been in the game for over 10 years. He's worked with multiple teams. He's been with the, uh, the, the Washington Redskins and the Cincinnati Bengals. This is, the, this is his second stint with the Bengals. He's been a wide receivers coach. He's been an offensive coordinator. He's been a running backs coach. Uh, this guy is a, is a guy who likes his team to play physical, who likes them to be hard hitting, who's been around players, who knows how to get guys motivated. Um, something I really think back to with Hugh Jackson is he has had uh, a head coaching position once before. Uh, for one season, he was the head coach of the Oakland Raiders, and he took them to an 8-8 eight and eight record. And this was a, this was a team that was not the greatest of teams, and had been mired in, in terrible, terrible football as the Oakland Raiders had been for as, for as long as they are, and they're just now kind of coming out of that, that cave of, of despair and terrible football. Uh, but they had a couple of seasons in the last 10, 15 years where they've played well, and they've done well. And Hugh Jackson coached them during one of those seasons. They were 8-8. Eight and eight. Sadly, it was not a winning record, but it also wasn't a losing record, which is something to say for the Raiders over the last 15 years. Uh, and he was fired after that season pretty much because the Raiders had brought in a new GM and Reggie McKenzie and a new front office, and these people wanted to put in their own people. So even though Hugh Jackson had done good work, they were like, listen, you've, you've done great, but we just we want to bring in our own guy. It's, it's not you, it's me. And so they showed him the door, and he went back to the Cincinnati Bengals. And uh, he's done great work with the Cincinnati Bengals, and I think he's well-deserved of a shot at another coaching job. And I think he might be one of the better hires for the Cleveland Browns because the Cleveland Browns have absolutely no direction whatsoever. They can't seem to figure out up from down. They can't make a good decision if it's sat on their face and farted. And the truth is that Hugh Jackson is a guy who knows how to motivate young players. And he's going to come in, and I think he's going to, at the very least, make these guys play hard and play together. And even if they have a losing season, they're going to have an admirable losing season where they know every single game they were in it. They will not become a laughing stock, which is what they have at certain times during certain parts of these losing seasons. The other thing they're also talking about is that this might, this might signal the end of Johnny Manziel. Uh, uh, you know, there's speculation. Nothing's been decided yet, but that's certainly on the tip of everybody's tongue is that Johnny football is going to be out the door uh, once Hugh Jackson really puts his stamp on the team. I don't know. Time will tell. We'll find out soon. But I like this hire of Hugh Jackson. I'm feeling positive about it, um, just like I think the Dirk Cutter and the Adam Gase hires are, are pretty good. You know, these are good guys who have earned their, their shot at the, at the job and are, and are really going to probably prosper, hopefully. And they certainly have the tools on some of their teams to, to prosper as well. Um, so let's go to the last couple of coaching hires. Uh, some of, you know, they're going to sit in the same category as the Ben McAdoo hire. I'm a little unsure and I'm skeptical. I don't know what to expect. The Doug Peterson hire for the Philadelphia Eagles. This guy 
If Chip Kelly was the bold, splashy hire, this guy is your run-of-the-mill, typical, you know, traditional football guy hire. He's an ex-player. He's an ex-quarterback. So you know he's got an offensive mind. You know he's got an offensive outlook on these things. Um, he's from the Andy Reid coaching tree, which I just watched the press conference the other day. He's not going to want to say that. He's not going to be like, I'm an Andy Reid guy. But he is from that 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 tutelage, that school, that thinking. He is. He was, up until a couple of weeks ago, standing on the sidelines with Andy Reid in a playoff game calling offensive plays for Alex Smith and Andy Reid's team. So it, that kind of gives you a sense of, I think, the, the, the strange diets, the strange practice routines, the, the, the structure that was turned on its head by Chip Kelly – will probably start sliding back into what it was before with Andy Reid. And not because he is Andy Reid or because he is, you know, a, a clone of him, but because he's just another traditional football mind. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with innovation in Chip Kelly, but there's nothing wrong with a traditional guy who, who knows how to come in and get his players to play hard, draw up good offensive schemes, draw up good defensive schemes, create a mix-and-match defense. I like that uh, I've recently heard of some of his coaching hires because uh, Doug Peterson is bringing in all these new coaches for the, uh, the his Eagles coaching staff. He's going to have Jim Schwartz be his defensive coordinator. I like that. The, defense, the former head coach of the Detroit Lions, who was also with Buffalo. This guy is a heck of a defensive coordinator, and I think he can bring something to that Philadelphia team. Uh, Peterson is talking about how he likes Bradford. Bradford's got all the things that he would want on his team or for in his offensive uh, scheme. So the the feel is that the pieces are there, and almost that Doug. It's almost like how could Doug Peterson screw it up? Um, so that that there's something to be said for that. I think he will have enough people around him that together they will all work together and learn together. That he will make mistakes as a head coach. But hopefully the talent and skill of his team will allow them to succeed and win a few games in spite of those mistakes. And I think likewise, uh, his team will also be rewarded by him uh, for some of his knowledge and his growth as a, as a head coach. You know, I think as he grows, he will make good decisions as a young head coach as well, and his team will benefit. So I am skeptical. I don't know. It's, once again, it's a rookie head coach. You just you're not sure what to get out of these guys yet, but I'm feeling good. I, I feel positive. I think that you know he's a good guy to get the shot. It did come out of nowhere a little bit, but um, you know familiarity goes a long way, and uh, he's certainly familiar to Philadelphia and um, and Jeffrey Laurie, and I think they're familiar to him. and And I think you know the fan base will will take it, and they're they're willing to go with him for at least a season or two. Um, I think the last coaching change that I uh, is mentioned is the Tennessee Titans. Now, this is a new one. Uh, the Tennessee Titans have uh, made Mike Malarkey, it's a hell of a name, uh, the coach. He was the interim coach after they fired Ken Hunt. They made him the permanent coach. I believe the only real coaching experience that Mike Malarkey has is with the um, Jacksonville Jaguars. I believe he was the head coach of them for a bit. I do not think it worked out very well for him. Yeah, he was the head coach of the Jaguars for a season. That was a single season. Oh, yeah. You know what? He was one of those guys, I think the Jaguars brought him in and very quickly were like, this is not working, goodbye. Uh, they did that for a couple of seasons before they um, 
before they landed with Gus Bradley. And Gus Bradley's still been losing, but they're at least sticking with him. And I think the new owner came in and decided to stick with a single head coach because after the Jaguars fired uh, Jack Del Rio, they really went through a, a few head coaches pretty quickly. But Mike Malarkey is a longtime football guy. He has been with multiple franchises. He's been, in the co- he's been coaching in the NFL, uh, head coach, offensive co- Like, he's been doing this for 20 years. He was the head coach of the Buffalo Bills for two seasons. Like, this is a guy who's been around. He's, a, he's kind of a safe bet for Tennessee, and that's probably what they need right now with a terrible team. Uh, a young quarterback, uh, you know, there's a lot of hope with Marcus Mariota. There's a lot of future with this guy, and you've got him. You're going to have, I think, the top pick in the draft as well. Uh, there's a lot of promise, and, and Mike Malarkey is a safe guy who knows how to coach his guys. It's it's a safe pick. So I'm not particularly impressed by it. I don't know if it's going to, you know, there's only there's they can only go up from here. So I think that there's a positive feeling that they'll at least get more than two wins um, but, you know, what, I give him two seasons, three seasons before they ax him to. I, that's, sorry, I don't want to be so down on Mike Malarkey. Give the guy a chance. He does look very similar to Kevin Costner if you look at him from the side. Just going to throw that out there. Funny, just, just, just happened to see it while I'm looking at him. But head coaching changes for the time being. Let's see what comes out of this. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Let's, let's give one little last little squirt about the one last coaching change that happened. Chip Kelly being hired by the San Francisco 49ers. Um, is he going to keep Colin Kaepernick? Is he going to stick with Blaine Gabbard? Is he going to clash with the GM Trent Baalke? Is he going to be allowed to do as many innovative and game-changing uh, things as he did last year with the schedule and the conditioning and the diet? Uh, are they going to let him do as much as they want to let him do? Um, who are the people he's going to bring in? Who are the uh, personnel he's going to let go? Uh, do you think that Colin Kaepernick can fit into his scheme. Lots of questions surrounding Chip Kelly this year, and ooh, it's going to be exciting. Uh, but uh, I'm not sure how that's going to. It's an ex, it's another. Eagles made a splashy hire with him a couple of years. He is still a splashy hire, and until he finds his particular groove in the NFL coaching fraternity, he will continue to be a splashing hire. Uh, that's all I got for the time being. I just wanted to wrap a little bit about these coaching changes. We'll talk soon. There's more football coming up. Excited for those conference championship games. Remember, subscribe to me on iTunes. Subscribe to me on Stitcher. Email me at samsportsstation at gmail.com or follow me at smithfacejones on Twitter. I'm looking forward to hearing your comments. I'm looking forward to talking soon. Love me some sports. We'll talk later. Bye-bye, guys and girls.